Hello, and welcome to this special edition of MLB Morning Coffee. This is your host, Greg Moraz, coming to you from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Because Major League Baseball is on hold due to the coronavirus, and there's really not a whole lot of news to report other than injuries, we've decided to go into a 30-part series. What 30-part series, might you ask? Well, a 30-part series that gives the top 10 players of every Major League Baseball franchise. The next franchise in our top 10 list is one of our more unique franchises, the Tampa Bay Rays. Unlike most franchises, the Rays didn't exist until the year 1998 when they and the Arizona Diamondbacks were part of Major League Baseball's most recent expansion. Unlike the Diamondbacks, who had almost immediate success winning the World Series in 2001, the Rays didn't make their first playoff appearance until the year 2008 when they won the AL Eastern Division title and made it to the World Series, losing to the Philadelphia Phillies. Under Joe Madden, the team made the playoffs four different times, winning the division in 2010, winning the wild card in 2011, winning the wild card in 2013, and earning a wild card in 2019 under current manager Kevin Cash. The Rays have had a lot of guys with superstar power, but not a whole lot of superstar impact. The Rays are one of the more difficult teams to do just because they don't have a long history. But in the Rays' five playoff appearances, there have been guys that have had a significant impact. Most of the Rays on this list are going to be guys that had a big impact from 2008 until 2013. Joe Madden left the Rays after the 2014 season, and Kevin Cash took over for 2015, with the Rays not making the playoffs until this past season. So without further ado, here are your top 10 Rays of all time, consisting mostly of players that were on the team from 2008 until 2013. So before we start with number 10, you're probably wondering, well, what the heck was that transition? Well, it turns out that in 2008, a guy by the name of Darren Moore actually wrote the Rays a theme song called Feel the Heat Rays, and they would actually play it in the ballpark after every Rays victory, and they had this really obscure foghorn. I'll say this, Tropicana Field actually got pretty darn loud when there were people in there. It's just a matter of actually getting people in there. So number 10 on our list is Carlos Pena. Now, Carlos Pena didn't have spectacular career numbers, but he had a big impact while he was playing with the Rays. Of any of the eight teams that he played for, he played five of his 14 years in the big leagues with Tampa Bay. In those five years, he had a career 230, but in 163 of his 286 career home runs. His lone all-star appearance came in 2009. Despite hitting 227, he had a 356 on on-base percentage, leading the league with 39 homers and driving in 100 runs. In 2008, the year that the Rays went to the World Series, he hit 31 homers, drove in 102 runs, finished ninth in the MVP voting, and had a Gold Glove Award. He only hit 247, but Pena was phenomenal at getting on base. He had a 377 on base, so 130 points higher than his batting average that year. And his best power numbers year came in 2007, a Tampa Bay team that was not competitive. He hit 282 with a 411 on base percentage, hitting 46 homers and driving in 121 runs. His last year with the Rays came in 2010, another year that the Rays made the playoffs, 28 homers, 84 RBI, despite hitting only 196, he still had a 325 on base percentage. Pena is up here because, number one, like we said, the Rays don't have a deep franchise history, but number two, his power and on-base numbers had a significant impact on the Rays' success in 2008 and 2010. 
Pena is never going to be known as a guy that hit for a high average. But when you look at those power numbers, you know that the numbers correlate to the success of the team, and that's why he makes it onto this list. The Rays aren't what they are in their competitive years without Carlos Pena and obviously the contributions of many others. Number nine is one of the best utility men of this generation, Ben Zobrist. Although he was drafted by the Astros, Zobrist made his big league debut with the Rays in 2006. He burst onto the scene in 2008, hitting 253 over 62 games as Tampa's super utility man. He then accelerated his growth in 2009, making his first of two all-star teams while a member of the Rays. In 152 games, he hit 27 homers, still to this day a career high, and drove in 91 runs, also still to this day a career high. He hit 297 with a 405 on-base percentage, finishing 8th in the MVP voting. Zobris then played 151 games in 2010, hitting only 238, but still driving in 75 runs. He tied his career high in RBI in 2011 with 91 and still hit 20 homers. And in 2012, he also hit 20 homers while hitting 270 with a 377 on base percentage. Zobris made his second All Star team in 2013, playing 157 games, hitting 275 with 12 homers and 71 RBI, having a 354 on base percentage while recording a career-high 168 hits. Zobris left the team after the 2014 season when he went to the Oakland Athletics. He was traded to the Kansas City Royals midseason, winning a World Series title, and then signed with the Cubs after the 2015 season, winning a World Series with them in 2016. One of the things that made Zobris unique is that he could play pretty much any position. Second base, shortstop, right field, left field, third base, first base, didn't matter, he could do it. Zobrist was the epitome of the type of player that Joe Madden wanted in Tampa Bay, and because Zobrist was an above-average bat, having some elite seasons, especially in 09 and 13, he was that much more valuable to the success of the Rays. Having somebody like him that could play almost any position is as invaluable as somebody like a Carlos Pena or number 10 who can only play one position but can hit the ball out of the yard and get on base at will. Zobrist is always going to be known as one of those Rays that spearheaded their rise to the top of the American League East in the late 2000s and early 2010s. That's why he is number nine on our list of all-time top ten Rays. Although he goes by a different name now, number eight on our list at the time was known as B.J. Upton. Upton was drafted by the Rays and came up through the organization, making his big league debut in 2004. He was the Rays' first-round pick, the second overall pick, in 2002. Upton came onto the scene in a big way in 2007, hitting 300 with a 386 on base, hitting 24 homers, and driving in 82 runs. In the 2008 season, he was more of a supplementary player, hitting 273 with a 383 on base. He only hit nine homers, but still drove in 67 runs. Upton had great speed, and though he was never a great defensive outfielder, he stole 44 bases that season. In 2009, he only hit 241, but still stole 42 bases. Only hit 237 in 2010, but stole 42 bases once again. Upton's best season was that 2007 season when he hit 300, and his averages only continued to decline. But Upton's speed and his ability to create a spark also, consistent ability to drive in anywhere between 60 and 80 runs is what made him extremely valuable to the Rays in their competitive years. Upton ended up going to the Braves in 2013, and he hit only 184 that season. His career ended after 2016 after stints with the Padres, 
and the Blue Jays. B.J. Upton was part of a team that needed his spark, and while his stats are not eye-popping, he was able to get on base, stole bases, and put his teammates in a position to drive in runs. If his career would have unfolded with better averages and possibly better power numbers, you could have seen him higher on this list. But for what he did do with the Rays, B.J. Upton is number eight. Number seven on our list is somebody that isn't really known for being a Tampa Bay Ray, but had success during his time with the Rays. That's the crime dog, Fred McGriff. McGriff played in the big leagues a long time, from 1986 to 2004. But the crime dog, who was part of the original expansion draft to the Rays back in 1998, had three pretty solid seasons as a member of the club, four overall. In 1998, his debut year in Tampa, he hit 284 with 19 homers and 81 driven in. The next year, he was outstanding, hitting 32 homers, driving in 104 runs, having an on-base of 405 and a batting average of 310. His only All-Star appearance with the Rays came in 2000, when he hit 277 with a 373 on-base percentage, 27 homers and 106 RBI, which tied a career high that was previously set by McGriff in 1991 when he was playing with the Padres. While McGriff never won anything with the Rays, he was traded midseason in 2001 to the Chicago Cubs, his offensive numbers certainly had a big impact on those early Rays years. Other than Wade Boggs and Greg Vaughn, he is probably known as the best offensive Ray that played for the pre-2000s Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who were an expansion team, not very good, and filled with veterans that a lot of other teams didn't want. But McGriff made his time in Tampa Bay valuable in terms of his own personal numbers. McGriff finished his career with 493 homers, falling seven shy of 500. He came back to the Rays in 2004 in search of getting to 500, but only hit two homers in 27 games. Fred McGriff was an original Ray, and for that, he is number seven on our list of top ten all-time Rays. Casimir's Rays career came to an abrupt end in 2009 when he proverbially fell off a cliff. In 20 starts with the Rays in 09, he was 8 and 7, but had an ERA of 5.92, by far the worst of his career. After being picked up by the Angels, he had a 1.73 ERA in six starts, but he would never return again to Tampa Bay. He would have injury troubles with the Angels. He made just one appearance in 2011 after having 28 starts in 2010. He missed the entire 2012 season, came back with the Indians in 2013, and then on a flyer contract to the A's in 2014, made his third and final All-Star team. He was traded to the Astros in the middle of 2015 and finished his career with the Dodgers in 2016. Casimir had a big impact on the 2008 Rays and is known as being the ace of that staff despite having James Shields and, at the back end of the season, David Price. You might debate Casimir's height on this list, but to me, that impact in 08 and really being the young ace that spurned Great Rays pitching throughout the mid-2000s is why he is number six on our top ten all-time Rays. Because of certain things about this person that have come to light about him off the field, I did not want to put number five inside our top ten, let alone in our top five, but this is a segment that's based on performance, not personality, and that's why Aubrey Huff is number five amongst our all-time Tampa Bay Rays. As a Devil Ray, starting in the year 2000, Huff had some fantastic years in 2002, 2003, 2004, and 2005. In 01, 
He had 248 with eight homers and 45 RBI in 111 games, but in just two more games in 2002, he increased that home run total to 23, RBI to 55. He hit 313 with a 364 on base percentage. In 2003, he played all 162 games, hit a career high 34 homers and 107 RBI, which were a career high for him all the way up until 2008 when he had 108 with the Baltimore Orioles. In 2004, Huff continued his offensive success, hitting 297 with a 360 on base percentage, hitting 29 homers, and driving in 104 runs. In 2005, his numbers took a downward tick, but he still drove in 92 runs while hitting 22 homers and hitting 261. In 2006, he was traded to the Astros midseason, but started with the Rays in 63 games, hitting 283 with 8 homers and 28 runs batted in. Huff overall in his Rays career had 128 of his 242 career homers, hitting 287 in 799 career games. Huff didn't contribute to any winning, but his statistics were the best among all Rays players during that time. Aubrey Huff is somewhat of a social pariah nowadays, but when you think of the early Rays, you think of him. The thing that's amazing, though, to me about Huff is that he never made an all-star team in any of his years with Tampa Bay, nor did he make an all-star team in Baltimore or San Francisco. But he had an impact on the Rays in the early 2000s, back when they were the Devil Rays, and that's why he is number five on our list of top ten all-time Rays, and we should probably say Devil Rays, too. While his stats weren't always gaudy, number four on our list was somebody that could always get you innings, James Shields. Self-proclaimed big game James, Shields made his Major League debut in 2006 after being drafted by the Devil Rays in the year 2000. His best year early on was in his second season, 2007, when he was 12-8 with a 3.85 ERA, making 31 starts and pitching 215 innings. In 2008, he had a breakout season, going 14-8 with a 3.56 ERA, helping the Rays to the World Series while also pitching another 215 innings. 09, he had a bit of a fall-off, going 11-12 with a 4.14 ERA, but still pitched 219 innings. Shields had a horrible year in 2010, leading the American League in hits allowed with 246, earned runs with 117, and home runs allowed with 34, going 13-15 with a 518 ERA, but the Rays still made the playoffs. In 2011, he had probably his best season yet, coming back and posting a 282 ERA over 249 innings of work, posting a career-high 16 wins, going 249 innings, which is still a career high. He also had 11 complete games, including four shutouts. He made his only all-star team in 2011 and finished third in the Cy Young voting. His last year with the Rays came in 2012, when he went 15-10 with a 3.52 ERA over 227 innings of work. Shields was traded that offseason to the Kansas City Royals in the deal that sent Will Myers to Tampa Bay. Shields had an up-and-down career post-Royals. He signed a big contract with the Padres in 2015, got traded to the White Sox in the early part of 2016, and had a horrible stretch finishing his career with the White Sox. But his Rays career was impressive, albeit up-and-down. He went 87-73 and with a 3.89 ERA. Granted, a lot of that ERA is because of that year where he had an ERA above 5 in 2010. But Shields was a horse on the teams in 2008, 10, and 11 that made the playoffs for the Rays. When you think about the starting rotation for the Tampa Bay Rays and what the constant was 
over those years, it's James Shields. And that's why he's number four on our list of all-time Rays. As we now get to number three on our list, this guy is known as somebody that really, along with a couple other teammates, brought the Rays into relevancy in 2008, and that would be Evan Longoria. Longoria was a rookie in 2008 and won the Rookie of the Year award. In 122 games, he had 27 homers and had 85 RBI, making an all-star team and finishing 11th in the MVP voting. He made another all-star team in 2009, hitting 281 with a career-high 33 homers at the time and 113 RBI, which is still a career-high to this day. He hit 281 with a 364 on-base percentage, winning a gold glove and the Silver Slugger Award at third base. In 2010, he made his third straight All-Star team, hitting 294 with 22 homers and 104 RBI, finishing sixth in the MVP voting and winning his second straight gold glove. Longoria did not make the All-Star team in 2011, hitting only 244, but still hit 31 homers and drove in 99 runs. However, what Longoria's 2011 campaign will be mostly known for is his walk-off homer on the final day of the regular season against the New York Yankees, which vaulted them over the Red Sox and into the 2011 AL wildcard slot. I had to put that call in there because, number one, Dwayne Stotts is fantastic. But, number two, I forgot that that was not only in the bottom of the 12th inning, it was directly down the left field line. The Red Sox had lost to the Orioles just 20 minutes earlier, and Longoria had hit a three-run homer in the eighth inning to put Tampa Bay into a tie with the Yankees. If they don't win that game and the Red Sox don't lose that game, they don't go to the playoffs. So the magnitude of that home run, even though the Rays lost in the wild card round in 2011, that was one of the more impactful homers in franchise history. Longoria only played 74 games in 2012, hitting 289, but in 2013 came back, played 160 games, hit 269 with 32 homers and 88 runs batted in. Longoria was traded from the Rays after the 2017 season to the Giants. His best season was probably in 2016 in terms of his power numbers, a career high in homers with 36. He also drove in 98 runs that season. Longoria in his 10-year career with the Rays hit 270 with 261 homers and 892 runs batted in. Longoria is the original homegrown Tampa Bay Ray, and because he came onto the scene just as the Rays did in terms of their success, that's why he garners number three on our all-time Tampa Bay Rays. Number two on our list was a dominant force with the Rays when he was there, and that's David Price. Drafted number one overall in 2007 out of Vanderbilt, Price made it to the big leagues at the end of 2008 and was the closer during the 2008 World Series run. In 2009, going back to the rotation, he made 23 starts, but burst onto the scene completely in 2010, making his first All-Star team, winning 19 games, posting a 2.72 ERA and finishing second in the Cy Young Award voting. 
He made the All-Star team again in 2011. While just having a record of 12-13, and 13, he made a league-high 34 starts, pitching 224 innings. 2012 was his best season, earning his only Cy Young Award. He went 20-5, and 5, leading the league in wins, and also led the league with a 256 ERA. He pitched 211 innings, had 205 strikeouts with just 59 walks. In 2013, he was 10-8 with a 3-3-3 ERA. He had a league-best four complete games. And in 2014, combined between the Rays and the Tigers, he pitched a league-high 248 innings, and he struck out a career-high 271 batters. He was traded to the Tigers during the middle of the 2014 season because the Rays knew that they weren't going to be able to keep him. But in his seven years with the Rays, he posted a record of 82-47 with a 3-18 ERA. Price is probably known as the best starting pitcher of the late 2000s and early 2010s, and the Rays more than likely would have kept him if they had been able to afford him. Tampa Bay operates like a small market. They don't usually give long contracts to players, and they knew that their time on Price was up. But the impact that Price made as that closer during the 2008 World Series run springboarded him into the starting pitcher that so many fans expected when the Rays took him first overall in the 2007 draft. Price is still playing. He just got traded to the Dodgers after signing his massive contract with the Red Sox years ago. But you might wonder what the Rays would be like now if David Price was still in uniform. His best years were with Tampa, and it would be pretty cool if he got to play in Tampa one more time. Price was a part of the first four playoff appearances in the franchise's history, and that's why he is number two on our list of all-time Tampa Bay Rays. Our top Tampa Bay Ray of all time is somebody that made an impact on the pre- and post-success Tampa Bay Rays. That would be Carl Crawford. He was one of the best pure hitters of the early 2000s and made a big impact on the Rays teams in 2008 and 2010. Crawford made his big league debut in 2002, but in 2003, up until the year 2008, he hit over 280 every year. Crawford had a good combination of power and speed. In 2004, his first All-Star appearance, he hit 296 with a 331 on-base percentage. He had 19 triples to go along with 11 homers and 55 RBI. He stole a league-high 59 bases. By the way, he was also the league leader in triples that year. The next year, 05, he hits 301, has 15 triples, which leads the American League, 15 homers, 81 RBI, he steals 46 bases. 2006, 305 average, 16 triples, 18 homers, 77 RBI. 2007, another all-star appearance for him. Steals a league-high 50 bases, 315 average, 11 homers, 80 RBI. By the way, didn't mention in that 2006 season, he also led the league in stolen bases with 58. 2008, he had some injuries. He was not himself. He only played in 109 games, hit 273, but still had 57 RBI, hit 8 homers, and stole 25 bases. He was back to his normal self in 2009, making the All-Star team, hitting 305, 15 homers, 68 RBI, and stole 60 bases, which did not lead the league, but was his career high. In 2010, it was his best power year yet. It was his last year with the Rays. He made his fourth All-Star team, finished seventh in the MVP voting, won his only gold glove and his only silver slugger. He hit 307 with a 356 on base percentage and a 495 slugging percentage. He had a career high 19 homers to go along with a career high 90 RBI. He stole 47 bases and led the league with 13 triples. Crawford helping the Rays to their second 
AL Eastern Division title in three years. Crawford signed a big deal with the Red Sox after the 2010 season and was never the same. Crawford was a part of that 2011 Red Sox team that collapsed. He had 255 that season in 130 games. And just 31 games into his 2012 season, he, along with Adrian Gonzalez, was traded to the Dodgers. With the Dodgers, he had a decent 2013 season, hitting 283 in 116 games, played 105 games in 2014, hitting 300, but injuries riddled his last two years, and he retired after the 2016 season. But with Tampa, Crawford was elite. He hit 296 in nine years with Tampa and stole a whopping 409 bases during that time. Carl Crawford was always an elite player on a raised team that never went anywhere. But when the team got better, he stepped his game up and was more of a contributor on that 2008 team than a star. But in 2009 and 2010, he was back to stardom. So much so that it gave him his only big money contract. This has been your top 10 Tampa Bay Rays getting culminated with Carl Crawford at the top. We hope you enjoyed this list. We certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. That does it for today's top 10 all-time Rays here on MLB Morning Coffee. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you once again in the AM.